we are going through the chronological life of Jesus. We are in just in the last week of his life now. So it's taken us a few years to get through his life. Just in the last week of his life. And we're in the Tuesday, actually Tuesday morning of his life. There's more written about this particular day in the life of Jesus Christ in the Gospels than any other day. And this is the Tuesday before, before his death, which takes place on a Friday. And so we're going to read in, in Mark, I'm sorry, did I say Matthew? But it's Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And let's start reading again at verse 20. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the root up. But being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will happen. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Okay, so let's just stop there. Last week we read this portion, and last week I I, uh, took you to a a portion from here in John chapter 15 where it talks about abiding, abiding in God. And Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. And I talked about how I had prayed a prayer for for many months, about a year period uh, back earlier in my career and I talked about this experience, and I never got, that, that prayer was not answered in the affirmative. In other words, I was praying for certain things to occur in my research program, and it didn't happen. And I talked about how important it is to be abiding in God, but what God did was something that was much greater, ultimately. Now, I want to share with you some direct answers to prayer that have come in my life. And particularly from reading portions like this. There's the parallel portion. Mark chapter 11 is very similar. It talks about the same event in Matthew chapter 21. And and, uh, so we don't have to go there because the words are almost the same uh, uh, between the way Matthew records it, between the way Mark records it. But Jesus encourages His disciples to pray. You know, it says in in, in in the epistle of James, it says... The reason you do not receive is because you do not ask. So the primary reason why we don't receive answers to prayer is because we don't pray. And if you think about that, that's that's, that's, uh, really convicting. How much more would I pray? Yes, there is this whole idea of abiding in God so that our minds are conformed to His image so that as we pray, we're praying according to His will. But if we sit around just trying to discern so much His will before we ever <clears throat> blurt out a prayer, we're going to be in big trouble. So, so we need to, first of all, discern, is my prayer in accordance with the Word of God? And in other words, is it contrary to the Word of God? Then, you know, all bets are off. We're not, we're not supposed to be praying for that. But there are many other things that we ought to be praying for. So what I want to do is I want to take you through some of the prayers that God has answered in my own life, in my own life, and and just so that you can be encouraged the way God works really supernaturally. And I'll talk about things from my past that God has done, many of the things when I was in your age. 
And people say, well, why don't you share about the, the prayers that are answered where you are right now? It's because they influence too many people around me. So, so if you knew the types of things that I was praying for, and, and, and uh, uh, it, would, it, it might be too convicting or it might be too embarrassing. So I don't talk a, a lot about things that are recent prayers, but I'll talk about things in the past where people and events <clears throat> were outside the events of what's, what's happening now. So this particular passage, <clears throat> in this particular passage in, in Matthew 21, 20, in Matthew 21, 21, and 22, and also this Mark chapter 11, he talks about that we pray that, that God would remove, uh, if we say to this mountain, be cast up in, in, into the sea, and if he doesn't doubt, but he believes what he says is going to happen, it will be granted. <clears throat> so he encourages us to pray. And I was reading this, I was, a, I was an assistant professor, I had just gotten tenure. So I, I think I was around 31 years old, something like that, and uh, 30, 31 years old, and I was just, just gotten tenure, and I was invited back to Purdue University. And Purdue University is the institution where I got my Ph.D. And I, so I was teaching at the time at the University of South Carolina. I was invited back to Purdue. And I was in the hotel that morning. And, and as I read this verse, this was on my normal reading. So the way I read is I start in Genesis chapter 1. And I pick up reading where I left off the day before. And I, when I get to Revelation and I finish Revelation chapter 22, I start again. So I've been doing this for more than 35 years. This is just the way I read. It, it's, it's not a wrong way to read a book, is it, from the first page to the last page? It's, it's how you're supposed to read a book, right? And, and so I was reading, and as I was reading this morning, I read this very thing. And Jesus says, Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. And I said, Lord, you're really raising my faith as I'm meditating on your word. And that's what meditation on the word of God does. It raises our faith. And I said, Lord, I pray that my seminar today, because I was invited back to speak at Purdue University. Now, remember, I got my, <clears throat> my Ph.D. there. And so my, my mentor was there, <clears throat> the, one with whom that I, the one with whom I had worked. And so I was, I was praying that the Lord would really bless this, this, this uh, seminar and that he would <clears throat> even make it the best seminar ever in that department. The best. And you say, well, you know, this is a bold prayer. And it is. And then I said, Lord, the department's 100 years old. How am I going to know if it was really the best? What's the confirmation? How do I know? I haven't heard every seminar in that department, a 100-year-old department. A lot of seminars have been given. But I said, Lord, I pray it's the best. And then I said... Um, Lord, if it's the best, I pray that my professor, my mentor, the one with whom I got my Ph.D., would say that it was a super seminar. Now, he didn't normally use those words. When I was a graduate student with him, he would, if I brought him what I thought was a really good result, he would say, pretty good for your level. And I never got above this man's waist. <clears throat> and so he had these very strict standards of what, was, what was, he considered good. He, he's a Japanese man. And, and, and he had these really strict standards. And in fact, so, so this was, uh, um, this was in, in around 1993. Now, he ended up receiving the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 2010, so he wasn't yet a Nobel Prize winner, but he was certainly good enough to be en route to it. And, and I prayed that he would say it was the best seminar. Now, when I got done with that seminar, I knew that God had really blessed and anointed, and I had really prayed that God would make it the best seminar. And when I got done, he was sitting right on the front row, and he stood up, he raised his hand, he said, Supa! Supa! <clears throat> and, 
This was exactly what I had asked the Lord to do, to confirm it through His Word, by saying the word super. And then when I got down, I thanked Him, and then I was sitting right behind Him, on the second row, right on the end, was, was H.C. Brown. H.C. Brown, for those of you who took organic chemistry, he developed the hydroboration reaction. And he received the Nobel Prize in 1979 in chemistry for that reaction. And, I, and he was in his 80s at the time. And I shook his hand, and he was sitting there. I said, thank you for coming to the seminar today. And he held on to my hand. He says, I want you to know something. That was the best seminar I've ever seen in my life. Now, you know, this is just tremendous confirmation. I said, that's very kind of you to say that. And he looked at me. He said, I'm not saying it to be kind. I really mean it. So you see, God confirms His Word. God does things like this. <clears throat> there, are, there are times... I remember when I was a graduate student, again, around your age, I was a graduate student and, and I was just finishing my first year of graduate school and, and I was going to be getting married in May. So Shireen was in Syracuse, New York. I met her there when I was an undergraduate. I went to my first year of graduate school. We were engaged at the time. And, and uh, um, so I was praying that God would give us an apartment. We were applying for married student housing, that God would give us an apartment. It was a very specific prayer. I said, Lord, I pray that we get an apartment on the ground floor of a building with picnic tables in the back so that we could have people over and feed them at our home with picnic tables in the back because we used to like, it liked to, we both liked entertaining people and having people over and we knew that, you know, married student housing apartments aren't that big. So we prayed that, that there would be picnic tables in the back. And, and uh, I prayed that it would be on the end of the building so we wouldn't have far to go around. And I said, I pray that it's so close to the picnic tables that we could just open the windows and hand the food out. So I just sent my application into married student housing. And there, 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 there was multiple level housing. And Well, what we got assigned, totally by the hand of God, was an apartment. And then I, I went out to see the apartment. The apartment was on the ground floor of a building. It had a huge parking back called Squirrel Park with picnic tables just and a covered area with picnic tables right behind our house. We were on the end of the building <clears throat> and we could just open the windows and pass the food out. <clears throat> so for four years, that's what we did. We would have people over and we'd serve and use those picnic tables. And, and God answered specific prayers. <clears throat> I remember one, one event, we planned this big event for international students where we just wanted to invite in international students and just bless them because they come <clears throat> as guests to our land and, and Shireen uh, um, wanted to cook an, a meal for them. So we, we had the church <clears throat> help us with this and they were going to bring in van loads of international students in, in to, to be with us. And as we were setting up, it was myself and, and a couple other college students and then one or two other Indians, Asian Indians, who themselves weren't Christians were helping us set up the tables in the back there. And then these clouds were just rolling in, these black clouds, and the weather reports were that it was going to rain all day. And so I said, let's just pray and ask God to grant us fair weather. And so right there in the park, where there were a couple other believers and some unbelievers, I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, would you open up the cloud cover and give us sunshine in this place? As soon as I got done praying, the clouds started to move away. <clears throat> And over that park, the clouds were open, and as these, these vans were coming in with these international students, <clears throat> the pastor who was driving one of the vans said to me, it is pouring everywhere 
except here. <clears throat> and God did that. And the rain stayed away. And as soon as we were cleaning up the last table, it started drizzling and then the rains moved in. And I've seen this happen before. I remember one day I was at a, <clears throat> I was at a holy convocation and, and uh, a few of us would gather in the morning before the Christian speaking events. And there was this old missionary from the Himalayas, this old Indian man from the Himalayas. And these people have deep faith. I mean, they've, they've lived just walking in faith their whole lives. And as we were praying, it was, it was raining as, as I came up to, the, to the, the hall there where we were going to have our time. And I didn't even think of asking God to stop the rains because people only had to walk from, they had rented out a college campus from the dormitory rooms to, the, to where the place was. So as, as uh, we were praying, a few of us gathering together in the morning, this old missionary man, he said, Father, as the saints are going to be leaving the rooms to come to the hall this morning, They'll have to go through the rain. I pray that you move away the rain so they don't have to get wet. And all of a sudden, the same thing happened. The clouds started and the sun came beaming in through the windows into that place. And it just stopped raining right there. I've seen this sort of thing with my own eyes. I've seen this. And, and some may argue, oh, well, these are selfish prayers. Look, I will pray and I'll let God sort out what's selfish and what's not selfish. All right? He's very good at sorting that out. When I was a freshman, uh, uh, I got saved on November 7th of my freshman year. So early on in my freshman year. And I thank God all the time that I got saved at the age of 18. Because there are patterns in my life that I was able to set. And so I was in an honors chemistry program at Syracuse University as an undergraduate. And I got placed in the honors program not... Not for anything that I deserved. It was because I was a chemistry major. So the advisors thought, oh, chemistry major, we'll just put you in the honors chemistry. Now, I needed to be in chemistry for the masses. I did not need to be in the honors chemistry because it seemed to me that all these people in honors chemistry were studying chemistry and reading the chemical literature from the time that they were in kindergarten. <clears throat> And, and uh, uh, they just knew so much. And I thought, how could you know so much chemistry? You're just a freshman. Anyway, so it was very hard for me that semester. I got saved November 7th of my freshman year, and I started to pray for my work. <clears throat> and I asked God to bless my, my studies, to bless my work. And I ended up with a B-plus at the end of that semester, which to me was a miracle. And I started praying for my work. It ended up, after the four years there in college, as an undergraduate, I had taken every graduate organic chemistry course that was taught there. <clears throat> I was the number one student <clears throat> in every one of those classes. Now, you could say, oh, well, you know, you're just so smart. <clears throat> well, what happened before November 7th? Was I just unsmart <clears throat> and then all of a sudden I became smart? When I meet people that knew me in high school, that knew me in middle school, that knew me in elementary school. I meet, you know, sometimes you meet old friends. I, I don't do Facebook. We never had Facebook back then, so we never stayed connected. But once in a while, because of who I am, they hear I'm going to be someplace or something, and they'll look me up. And they look at me, they're like, what happened? What's, what's going on? You were just, you're just a regular guy. I mean, what happened to you? And this is the testimony of what God has done. And I pray over my work all the time. And if you think that that's a selfish prayer, then anything that you could have had in your career had you prayed, 
don't let it be wasted. I'll take it. I'll receive all the blessings that could have come. If you don't want to pray for that, for your own career, I'll receive it. Pray for my career, all right? If you think it's selfish for you to pray for your own career, pray for my career. <clears throat> and, 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 uh, and I would pray because the Scriptures say that darkness and the light is the same to God. So when things would come to me and I wouldn't understand, I'd say, Lord, give me understanding in this. Give me understanding with these results. And go figure. God answers prayer. God gives understanding. God gives grace. God gives these types of things. When I, when I be, became a believer, I used to pray. I said, Lord, bring to me the right wife for me. I knew you could mess this up. I mean, with 50% of the people in this country are, uh, 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 come from broken homes. Lord, I didn't want to mess this thing up. And I knew there were so many chemicals floating through my body at that time that you know I could get attracted to, to any female face. I mean, instantly. It was like, you know, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. And, 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 uh, and I said, Lord, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do dating, none of this stuff. I just want what you want, Lord. And I would pray all the time, Lord, bring me the right wife. And then when, when, you know, when I met Shireen and just, you know, I couldn't get my mind off her. I don't know if this has ever happened to you with somebody, but it just everything. It, and I said, Lord, this can't be right, but if it's of you, increase it. I shared it with the pastor of the church and we all started praying. And there was a long story about prayer and how, how many people in the church were praying for confirmation because I didn't want to just go on my own. Uh, on, on my own on this decision, I, I had enough hormones running through my body that I could hear God's voice instantly. <laughs> and, it, and it was all chemical voice. It really wasn't God's voice. So I knew I could be easily distracted. And I'll tell you, young people can be easily distracted by all these chemicals that run through their body where you think you're hearing God's voice. That's why I wanted confirmation. And I submitted this to the pastor of the church. I said, look, you know, we'll pray and and, and the pastor said, we'll pray for six months and we'll see what God says. And, after, and I told the leadership, I said, if we're not all in agreement, her family and all the leadership of the church, that this is of God, then I don't want it. And so for six months we prayed. We weren't dating or we only saw each other in church or at prayer meetings or in outreach things. And, and then after six months, everybody was in agreement except the assistant pastor. And he was a good friend of mine. He was actually the pastor over the, the house that I lived in was a discipleship program house. And and uh, um, and so I was really close to him, and he, he didn't feel good about it. And I said, okay, well, then, then we won't pursue it. And then the pastor said, well, either he's hearing or we're hearing, so let's pray another six months. And you'd think, like, oh, well, the torture. It wasn't torture for me. It really wasn't torture because I knew what God had. And you can look in the Scriptures. It says, for example, Jacob, when he had to work seven years for his wife, you think, oh, what torture. It says it wasn't torture for him. For him, he gladly worked seven years and then he got stuck with another seven years of having to do it. But it wasn't torture. It wasn't torture for me to wait on God another six months because I wanted to get this right. And you could say, well, weren't you really wanting to date her? And like, no. Sure, I wanted to, to, to see her more and things, but I wanted to get this thing right. I wanted God's will. And, and the result of that is this, that we're two people, different people from different cultures. We're ethnically very different. Shireen was born in Pakistan, didn't come to the U.S. until she was 20 years old. She was born into a Christian family and, and knew everything about Jesus her whole life. I was born into a Jewish family, didn't come to the Lord at the age of 18, and I was born in New York City. 
And if you speak to any marriage counselors, they will tell you that all marriages have conflict, but marriages from different cultures have additional conflicts. It just happens. If you think that wouldn't happen to you, you're wrong. It happens to people because there are cultural things. You view family differently. You, you, you view relationships differently that are cultural. It's not that one is better than the other. They're just differently, differently done. And so in, in whatever struggles we've had, I have never... And she has never doubted that we were in the will of God in our marriage. And you talk to many young people who are like, I think I really missed it. I'm like, well, you're married now. And, and, uh, uh, and now you're going to ask God to pour out His grace in this. But that never entered into my mind that I made a mistake. Never. Because I knew there was so much prayer surrounding this that we were well covered. I, I have... I have uh, um, other other examples. So so um, uh, there, there have been times. So, so right now, for example, in 2008, there's been a real downturn in the funding of of science in in in, in uh, um, th- throughout academics, and there are huge research groups that are cutting way back, that are scaling way back, that are shutting down. In 2008. I was 90% federally supported in my research work and about 10% industrially supported. By about 2009, 2010, things started getting really rough. One grant after another wasn't being funded. And I have a very large research group. I have 30 people I've got to support, mouths to feed, and families of theirs to feed. And that's a lot of things to support there. And uh, uh, it started getting very difficult. And I started crying out to God in prayer. I mean crying out to Him, Lord, help me. And now we are 80% industrially supported, 20% federally supported, and I have just as much money as I ever had in 2008. So you see the structure change, but God just totally restructured this for me. And, and, and I prayed specifically about this. These things affected me and my career. And I said, Lord, if I were a farmer, I would pray over my crops that you would give me a good yield. I'm not a farmer. I'm a chemist. I have laboratories. I've got to maintain my laboratories. Father, pour out your grace. And he answers prayer. And he pours out his grace. And this has been like a model for how to, how to appeal to industry and get industrially, industrial funding. And it's opened up all these avenues for my students to get jobs in these com- country, uh, companies when they graduate. And so you see, God restructures the whole program. He does this. What I want you to remember is Jesus says, He says right here, He says, um, Therefore I say to you, this is in Mark eleven twenty four, All things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Now last week I had the qualifications on this. This week I want to share with you that God really answers. I didn't want to leave you with last week, oh, all the qualifications. I want to encourage you to pray. And, and if this is a selfish prayer, you can say, Lord, you know, if this is just selfish and just me, then your will be done. I want your will in my life. And ask of the Father. And it is praying more than once. Jesus has given us lots of examples. He says, he, he, he says concerning the woman who was appealing to the judge, He says, you pray and you keep on praying. You seek the Lord. It doesn't come overnight. Sometimes you pray for things for years. But that's okay. You pray for people for years. I mean, I pray for my children all the time. Why didn't I just pray once on the day they were born? And Okay, God will answer my prayer. 
God, just do your very best in their life and be done with it. No, because God wants me involved in their spiritual life. And I pray for them all the time. Every time I see something in them that blossoms for the Lord, I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I give thanks. And it just, it just encourages me so much. I encourage you to learn how to pray. Pray and seek the Lord. Ask the Lord, what are the things that are important to you? Is your schoolwork important to you? I prayed for my schoolwork all the time. I, I remember when I was in graduate school, we had, we had a physical chemistry exam every week. Can you imagine? Every week, the guy just never let up. Every week, he'd give us an exam. And I had this verse on the, on the in, inside of the door from my dormitory room that first year before I was unmarried in, in graduate school. And... and uh, uh, the prophet is saying to King Asa, he, he said, where Asa prays, Lord, there, there, is, there is no one to help in the battle between the strong and those who have no strength. So, Lord God, help me, I pray. And I would get on my knees before I'd leave that room every morning and I'd pray that prayer of King Asa over myself concerning my work. And particularly on those Wednesday mornings when I had the weekly physical chemistry exams. I'd say, Lord, there is no one to help in this battle between the strong and those who have no strength. So, Lord God, help me, I pray. And God would help me. God would help me. And I could go in there and and just feel so confident. Paul said, the Lord stood at my side and said... Can you imagine? Jesus stood at Paul's side and then spoke to him. You have solemnly testified to me in Jerusalem. You must testify of me in Rome also. And I said, Lord, stand at my side. Lord, when I'm giving this seminar, Lord, when I'm giving my, my, my seminar in, 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 in lectures today, when I was a student, I said, Lord, stand at my side. I want to know you are at my side. And then this is peaceful assurance. I'll be at your side. And I'll tell you, I could go in there like a roaring lion. People would think, yeah, you're so confident. This is not me naturally. I'd just assume sit in the corner and not talk to people. But God, it says, it says the, the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I would pray this, Lord, make me as bold as a lion. And Lord, stand at my side. I would pray this and God would answer. Learn how to take hold of these words of Jesus. He said, pray and ask believing. Pray and seek God for the things that concern you, the things that concern your family, the things that concern your future, your marriage, your home. Pray. And see the hand of the Lord work in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray for these young people in the name of Jesus that you would take hold of their hearts. Take hold of their hearts, O Lord. And Father, I pray that they would do as your word has instructed them. To take hold of your word and to pray. Father, I pray that you would you would so impress upon their hearts their need to spend time in prayer, imploring the God of heaven and earth to intercede on their lives. And Father, I pray that they would be persistent in prayer, trusting You and honoring You. Father, open it up for them, I pray. In the name of Jesus, Amen.